Father, we just thank you for having the Joyful Noise Choir back with us. We thank you, Lord, for each step back to normal. And we ask this morning that you would speak your word to us and bless our time with your speaking, with your promises, with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day! Well, you can say that again. Happy Father's Day. That's right. I was thinking about fathers this week and thinking about my own father. And one of the one of the men that I thought about was the man who lives next door to us. You'll like this. He's a firefighter, and uh, I just love watching him with his daughters. He is always when when he's home. He's with them, and if he's out in the yard, they're out in the yard with him. They go for walks, they swim, they, they go to the games that the girls are in. He's, he's there with them. Another one that I, I thought about is, is uh, I thought about our first trip to Israel back in 2009. About two days into the trip, we were joined by the owner of the tour company. And he joined us, not because he was the owner of the company, but because it was his son who was leading the tour. And he said, I hope you don't mind, I'm here because I've never gotten to take a tour led by my son. And I thought that was cool. And who of us would have minded a father being there to spend some time with his son? You know, I've told many a... a, uh, uh, a grieving son or daughter, I said, you know, I know you miss your dad, but I want you to think about something. What a blessing it is to have a father, or to have had a father, that when he's gone, you miss him. Because that's not true for everyone. What a blessing a father is. But you know what? Even for those who don't, have that kind of relationship with their dad, we have good news. We say it every time we say the Apostles' Creed that everyone has a father. I believe in God the Father. Think about that. No matter what kind of human father you have, in Jesus Christ, you have a Father in heaven. Today's Gospel reading, which I think is just so great for, for Father's Day, is a story that Jesus tells us that illustrates just what an amazing Father we have. First, He's an amazing Father because God is a giving Father. Now, I know you're familiar with this story but you know that Jesus tells here, but you've got to understand that the, the younger son here makes a request of his father that would have shocked everyone. Father, give me my share of the estate, was the request. And you've got to understand that um, the communities in which Jesus lived would have been offended by this. 
You see, they lived in little communities in that part of Galilee, Galilee called Insula, which were really extended families. And they didn't think in terms of my share of the estate. They thought of our estate, and as a family, an extended family, they all shared in the work and the blessings of the estate. And so when he makes this request, he's not just offending his dad. He's offending his family. He's offending the community. And, and the other thing you've got to know is I, I think dad knew. I think dad knew that his son wasn't ready for this kind of wealth. His dad knew what kind of trouble it was going to bring. And so that kind of really makes the next statement kind of odd to us because the father does gives them the, 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 the inheritance. He divided his property between them. But is that not how God gives to you and me? Everything we have, house and home, and family, and clothing, and cars, they are all a gift. And He gives them to us knowing we'll abuse them. Right? I mean, think, think about what a most obvious, I've been thinking about it this morning because we were having troubles trying to print stuff, the computer. Wonderful gift that we have in our day and age that they didn't used to have, right? And yet how it get abu gets abused by hackers, by pornography, by people who want to cheat you out of things, by bullying, all sorts of things that go on on the internet, on the computer that are an abuse of that gift. And that's just one of the gifts. And the truth is, we abuse in some way or another, at one time or another, all the gifts that God gives us. And yet, what did Jesus say? I've got to get to my, the screen that's working. He says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? He is a giving Father. Second thing that makes Him amazing is that our God is an always hoping, always forgiving Father. There is nothing that you and I can do that He will not forgive I love this parable because you know the father in this parable, he never gives up. He's constantly on the lookout for his son to come back, isn't he? And the Bible tells us that when finally, the, what Jesus tells us in the story, that when finally the son comes to his senses and realizes what a mess he's in, he's rehearsed his speech, and he comes home to his dad that the Bible says, well, he was, the son was still a long way off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and, and did something that no self-respecting father would have done in that age. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And before the son can even get the apology out, he's welcomed his son home. And when his son finally is saying his rehearsed speech. The father kind of is listening, but he's not listening because the Bible says he, he turned to his servants and he gave orders, quick, bring the best robe and put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and 
kill it. Our Father is like that. Think about that. He so wants us to come home that He made a way. He paid the debt we owed Him. He paid it for us. Not with a fattened calf, but with the Lamb of God. God, the Bible says, demonstrates His own love for us in this, and that while we were yet sinners, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. When you were brought to baptism, this morning when you confessed your sins, or even any time you confess your sins, Your Father in heaven runs out to greet you, doesn't He? And He welcomes you home unconditionally. And He throws around you His best robe, the robes of His forgiveness and righteousness purchased for you with the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Wow. Reminds me of a man, actually of many men and women who have sat in my office in 40 almost 40 years of ministry and have confessed something or unburdened themselves. I remember one young man in, in uh, Wisconsin, and I got to share with him that God forgave him whatever it was, and you could see physically his shoulders relaxed, his head lifted as God took the burden away. Ours is a forgiving Father. And He is, thirdly, He is a celebrating Father. That's what, that's what fathers do. You know, a, a, a couple weeks before I went on vacation, we had confirmation here. And one of my favorite parts of the confirmation traditions here is, and you, you certainly service don't get to see this, but it, it, it's when the parent, one of the parents, speaks a blessing over their child. And usually there's tears and joy, and sometimes they have a hard time getting the words out, but they're just, because you know, I used to be as a kid, I thought those days were for me, but really it's the parents who really celebrate the big days in their kids' lives, isn't it? You celebrate confirmations, you celebrate baptisms, you celebrate graduations, you celebrate weddings, you celebrate victories in a softball game or a baseball game. Because you love your kids. I remember when I was turned 21, my mom and dad came to Milwaukee and he took Linda and I and 20 of our best friends to Mater's in Milwaukee, which is one of the, those of you who are from Wisconsin know Mater's, it's one of the better German restaurants up there to celebrate my 21st birthday. I remember one night at my sister's wedding, we got home at two in the morning, my aunt and uncle were asleep, my dad came into the Riles and he said, is everybody happy? I don't know if they were happy, they weren't sleeping anymore, but he was celebrating. Or I remember the first Christmas that... um, Linda and I were engaged, and my dad went out and got something for her that was just from him. Fathers 
celebrate their children. Well, that's the reoccurring theme of Luke 15, isn't it? Father tells his servants, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and so they began to celebrate. And earlier in the chapter, think of what Jesus said about how God celebrates you. And your, you know, there was, there was a party in heaven this morning when you said, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess. And the, the angels set to dancing. That's what Jesus said. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. God is a Father who celebrates you and that you are His child. Finally, He is a Father who teaches us how to love. Because you understand, we, we, we like to spend time talking about the younger son, but the parable doesn't end with the younger son coming home, doesn't it? This, it ends with the older son who comes in out of the field and he's, he sees what's going on and he hears the reason and he's angry and he's resentful. Why should this brother who has wasted everything get a party? Look, he says, all these years I've been slaying, slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Now, don't be too hard on the older son. Because this is really what the parable is about. It's about church members who are self-righteous and think they're more deserving than others. It's about you and me. The people in that town, the people listening, would have understood this son's resentment. But that's the point. Jesus wants to teach us what it really means to love your neighbor as yourself. See, in the people in Jesus' day, there were even rabbis that taught this, that to love your neighbor means love other Jews. Not, certainly not the Gentiles, certainly not the Romans, certainly not young men like this guy who wasted his father's living. Love those that you like. Love those that you find it easy to love. But Jesus turns it around and says, no, 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 no. This is about finding it loving those whom you find it hard to love, those who are undeserving of love, because that's the way God has loved you and God has loved me. Remember a man telling me he was in church and he, in the service he stood up and he turned around to greet the people that were behind him. And here was a man that he couldn't stand, that he hadn't talked to in years. And he thought to himself, oh my goodness, I've just heard a sermon about the gospel and I've just confessed my faith in the creed. I either mean what I just said or I'm a hypocrite. Father, help me to love this man. And he finally reached out his hand and shook the hand of that man. God teaches us how to love those we find it hard to love. Folks, there's a difference sometimes, isn't there, between somebody who's a biological father to somebody and somebody who's a dad. I remember 
um, at a wedding, remarking to the groom, I said, wow, you're, pointed out, the man who was with his mother, I said, your dad's really a wonderful, warm, great man. And he said, well, that's my stepdad. I said, oh, is your, is your father here? Is he coming? No, he, he won't be here. He hasn't been part of my life since I was tiny. I don't have a relationship with him. He's my biological father, but he's not my dad. Folks, sometimes people, that's what God is to them. He's a creator. They know He exists, but they don't know who He is. Sometimes He seems distant. Sometimes He's even that way with us who are believers, maybe because we haven't been talking to Him taking time for prayer and for His Word, sometimes because we've gotten upset with something that's happened and we've kind of turned away because we're upset when we don't understand why He allowed something to happen. And so for many people, God seems distant, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's not what He wants. God desires an intimate relationship with you. He desires it so much that He gave His own Son for you. Folks, Jesus Christ, God wants you to know He's your daddy. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.